Lead Generation Strategies for B2B Tech Companies, a podcast by Brightvision. Here, you will learn how to generate great leads from the most experienced B2B sales and marketing people. Your host today, and always, is Jakob Löwenbrand, CEO at Brightvision. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to the B2B Lead Gen podcast for tech companies. My name is Jacob Lovenbrand. I'm the managing director of Bright Vision as well as host of this podcast. Today, we will talk about the future of content marketing in B2B with no less than Jew Polizzi, co-founder at the Orange Effect Foundation, author of numerous of books in content marketing topics and one of the leading speakers in the world actually on these topics as well. So it's my pleasure to say welcome to our podcast today, Joe. Jacob, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. I'm excited to talk a little content marketing with you and, uh, and we'll see where we go from there. Absolutely. I'm stoked to to have this opportunity to discuss content marketing with you since, uh, as we said in the pre-chat here, I have read your blogs and things at least 10 years uh, uh, back. And uh, I love what you're uh, saying about content marketing. And you are one of the original evangelists of the content marketing movement. So yeah, that's great. Uh, great to have you here. But for guys who don't know you so well, <laughs> can you give us a little bit of background, who you are and what you've been up to? And uh, so, well, I don't know how far back you want me to go, Jacob, but uh, I got <laughs> I started in business to business publishing uh, in shoot more than 20 years ago. Now, I ran I was lucky enough to fall into running the custom media department, custom publishing department at Pent Media, and that was the largest uh, business publisher in North America at the time. In this area of custom media, custom publishing, nobody called it content marketing yet. I just fell in love with it immediately and said, wow, isn't it, wouldn't it be great if brands could create their own content, build their own audiences instead of having to interrupt people all the time with advertising? Not that anything's wrong with advertising. I've, I've got nothing against that. But I just said, boy, this is great. You could build audiences and form loyal relationships with them. And at the time, most of what we were doing were print magazines. And then, of course, that evolved into blogs and webinars and virtual events and everything and social media and everything we see now. I stayed on running um, custom media department there at Pent until 2007 and then got the entrepreneurial itch and started what became Content Marketing Institute. And we basically were the media company covering, you know, education and news around mostly B2B content marketing. We covered consumer as well but most of it most of our attendees to our event like content marketing world which uh, still is the largest physical event for the content marketing industry held every fall in cleveland ohio and uh, so we just grew from there and the content marketing just took off and it wasn't even called you know you're you you talk about reading my blogs 10 years ago uh, at the time nobody used the term content marketing it was really called custom publishing custom content custom media but in 2007, when I left Penton, uh, I realized that you cannot talk to a marketer unless you call it something marketing. Like they were interested in custom publishing or custom media. So we started to pitch it as content marketing in 2010, 2011, it just took off. And so, uh, you know, I enjoyed my time at Content Marketing Institute. I'm still involved with them, but my wife and I sold the company in, in 2016 and I continue to 
to write and I'd have newsletters and podcasts and, and all kinds of stuff in the industry and, and just enjoying the changes that are happening in the industry right now. What a ride. What a ride. Yeah. So interesting. And uh, you have seen a lot of things uh, happen those 10 years since you, you know, since it took off in 2011 or so. And uh, what are the most, uh, what, what kind of changes have you seen over the past few years uh, that you would like to highlight in the content marketing area? Well, it's, it's so hard. I mean, if you go back 10 years ago, it was more like, oh my gosh, we can, we can do a blog. And we were, they started to use the technology, but not the, the tenets of good media production or good journalism. So a lot of the blogs were self-serving. It became a lot of content about the company, about the products and services, which is fine. I mean, content marketing is a, and still in a lot of cases, is a new muscle that most organizations just don't have. So you've got to learn how to do this and you've got to learn about you know, what does it take to build an audience? What, you know, how do we do this consistently over time? And how do we focus on the audience? That's the biggest change that I've seen, Jacob, over the past 10 years, where in the beginning, you just had the self-serving content. You were focused on what you wanted to sell. I want to sell these products or these services. How do I use content to get me there? How do you use social media to get me there? Newsletters to get me there? Blogs to get me there? And now today, you're starting to see a maturity in the industry where they're saying, okay, Here's the audience we want to target. Here's their pain points. Here's their informational pain points. And then how do we deliver those, uh, those in response to them with valuable, relevant, compelling information on a consistent basis through whatever you decide to do? Is it a YouTube video series? Is it a regular email newsletter? Is it a podcast? Whatever it is. And now you see you know, every company is doing some form of content marketing, the most innovative companies have really got a good handle on it. Mm -hmm. They really are starting to build audiences. You're starting to see, you know, product sales and, uh, you know, better yield and better loyalty from customers, from uh, marketers that really get it. Mm -hmm. And then you've got other ones that are just creating a lot of clutter and throwing out content against the wall, mm -hmm. wherever, and they're not having such a good time and they don't <laughs> understand why they're not successful throw it out all this content everywhere. Yeah. Interesting. So, um, as you know, our audience is primarily B2B tech companies and uh, marketeers in, in the ditches who is struggling with, you know, getting their content marketing strategy in place and, and uh, helping the revenue team and, and so on. So, so, where do you think you should start in 2021 in, in, when you're a practitioner, so to say, trying to build a marketing plan? where you want to have epic content strategy and it's that really gets the needles moving, so to say. <laughs> yeah. what, what's your tips and tricks? What works and what's your recommendation? Where should you start? Well, there's a couple of things, Jacob. One is if you're in the lead gen business, you, can, you know that you can use some part of the practice of content marketing to help move that buyer through the buyer's journey, right? Mm -hmm. So whether that's white papers at certain moments, whether that's a key podcast, the, an e-newsletter that they signed up for, whatever, to make them more amenable to buy your products and services. My recommendation is don't try to boil the ocean and create content at every point in the buyer's journey. Pick mm -hmm. one. Pick one at the beginning of the journey, but before they know you and your brand, that might be um, 
That might be an email newsletter. That might be a white paper. That might be a webinar series, whatever the case is. Mm. Uh, then if that one doesn't work, maybe you say, well, I, we want to create uh, more loyal customers. So maybe that's more of a magazine type format, something that they already know you and you're just delivering really good content to separate you from the pack. So focusing is key where you get a lot of B2B marketers get that get hung up. They start creating so much content at all different steps of the buyer's journey. They're sort of mediocre at all of it, not great at any of it. Mm. And it be, it's just a lot of wasted time and energy. Mm. So that's the one thing I would say is focused. Mm. If you're just using content marketing as part of the, the sales process, that's great. Where we're seeing things really change right now in 2021 is the focus on audience building. Mm. So it's really content marketing as I'm not just going to move my customer from point A to point B. What we're going to do is we're going to build an audience. We're going to position our brand as the leading informational experts in this niche, this, mm. whatever the area is to that particular audience. And we are going to do it so well and so consistently that that audience ends up buying whatever we have to offer. Now that I think that is where you've got your big tech company, your Amazons and your IBMs and your Cisco systems. Those that's what those companies are focused on. They, they've been doing the content marketing as part of the buyer's journey for 10, 15 years. Now it's changing to a land grab of audiences. Because you're like, okay, we can communicate with these customers now on a regular basis. If the content's good enough, they'll opt in. They'll let us in on a regular basis. And we can create content as good or better than any media company on the planet if we do it really well and the process is well and we're consistent. And I think that's where the opportunity is. And you're seeing, you're seeing a melding of the media model and the marketing model. And I don't know if a lot of people, Jacob, have seen this coming. The, it's the same. The, the model today is that if, you, if you're looking at content creation and distribution and you work for a, a B2B company in tech, it's exactly the same approach as you would take as if you work for a media company. The only difference is how you generate revenue. If you are a media company, you're generally generating sponsorships, events, paid subscriptions. But if you are a, let's say a B2B tech company, you're generating more product sales, more service sales, you're better yield on your products and services, more loyal customers. Those two together are being melded where a B2B tech company now that builds an audience can do all of it. They can sell sponsorships, they can sell subscriptions, and they can also sell more products. And you won't be able to tell in 10 years a difference between a media company and a product company. You, you will maybe perceive it differently, but the process is going to be exactly the same. Oh, that's so interesting. And uh, it sounds really uh, yeah, logic when you, when you say it like that, that all companies who will survive will need to become media companies as well in order to, to grab their land share, so to say, of, of viewers. And, and well, I, I think the important thing, Jacob, is you have to realize you're already a media company. Yeah. You, it's just whether or not you want to take that on and do that because any company can target an audience specifically go after that audience and and make change happen if they wish to you have all the tools in front of you those mm. tools aren't expensive like they used to be 20 years ago mm. so you could do you could do it if you want to so i i think that not all companies need a content marketing strategy but i think the innovative and the growing ones will have to in order to take market share yeah Awesome. Great, great insights there. That's a nugget for everybody to, to think about. And um, 
I know there's uh, a big trend now around account-based marketing where we try to fit uh, content and messages and so forth to very, very small spe uh, specific target groups or even individual companies, so to say. How do you see that play out in, in the content marketing area? Do you think we should involve that into the content marketing strategy or should we keep it separate? Or what's your take on ABM versus content marketing? Well, ABM is very specific uh, type of way to go to market. I love it because if you're really focused on one company and multiple titles within that company, I mean, that's how the, the B2B buyers process happens. You have seven to nine, maybe more sometimes people involved in that purchase process. What I love about it is, could you, um, could you take a little bit of content marketing and put it into there? And what does that look like? Those are the best ABM programs out there. So if I'm... Let, let's say that you are selling multi-million dollar pieces of, of enterprise software. If you're doing that, you only need one or two sales here, right? You don't, you're, you don't need a thousand sales like you would if you're on the consumer side. You need one or two sales. Hmm. So I would look and if you could bunch companies and persona together and say, okay, well, these 10 companies with these uh, you know, 20 uh, accounts there are 20 different titles at each one of these companies. So you've got, you know, let's say 100 to 200 people that have the same informational needs. What if you created a content product just for them? And I'll give you an example of this. We did this, we did this 20 years ago. We worked with Agilent Technologies at the time. Agilent was part of Hewlett Packard. And they wanted to just target a group of decision makers that had a lot of buying power. So they were selling a multi-million dollar suite of services and, and products at the time, Agilent was. And they're like, well, what can we do from a content standpoint? We created a white paper and a book plan to 150 people. Mm -hmm. So the content marketing plan was just to 150 people. They knew the names of those people. They sent out personalized notes. They sent out, uh, they sent out uh, white papers and mini magazines and books, like real print books at the time to those people because all they needed was one or two sales. And they focused on that for about two years and doing that. And it was really, really successful because they became the leading informational provider about the things they were talking to, to those 150 people. So maybe if you're trying to test this out, you say, okay, who are our most important prospects? What do they look like? And you could bunch them together and create your own content marketing program just to those people. That's where I think because you have the data, because you know who those people are today, that's where you've got so much opportunity from a content perspective. And then you can do so many things. You could do a book program. You could do a mini magazine. You could do an email newsletter just to those people and make it very personal and very, uh, very relevant to them. So I think test it first, you know, don't go out and say, oh, we're going to do content marketing, ABM programs all over the place. I would say, what's one challenge that you're really having a problem solving, or maybe there's a maybe there's a group of people that just don't understand that you can sell this type of software, this type of tech. Try a, try a nine month program mm. and focus on a very small group of people sending consistent information to them with their permission and see how that works out and then follow them along the process and see how their behavior changes. Do you work as a sales, marketing, or channel manager and would like to generate great leads to your B2B tech company? Then we are here for you. 
by creating a qualified sales pipeline and strengthen your position in the tech industry. We help you grow. Depending on your needs, we use effective strategies like inbound marketing, telemarketing, account-based marketing, and paid media. Get more information on brightvision.com. One of your books is, um, you know, orchestrating or getting this done in marketing departments is, is a hassle, of course, and, and new roles have come up with in the, in the when, when the companies need to adjust to, to be producing media and, and the content marketing strategy and so forth. And I know one of your books uh, stated that killing your current marketing structure may be the only way to save it. It would be interesting to hear you elaborate a little bit on that, what you mean how to kill your structure and and what to build instead <laughs> well it's a, well first of all you know robert rose and i wrote killing marketing in uh, 2017 and we're both marketers we love marketing we don't want to yeah. see uh, marketing die in any way shape or form but what we were seeing with a lot of the uh big enterprises that we were talking to mm. they were using old marketing strategies that simply don't work anymore and was all around distraction and interruption and what we and what we're trying to the case that I was making to you before, we were trying to say, look, this is now. You don't see this, but this is right now. And we believe that if you build a loyal audience at the center, you could generate ten different types of revenue. And we thought that mm. it's short sighted to just create content to a specific audience and sell more existing product mm. and be done. Mm. It's like, okay, that's fine. You've checked the box, you've accomplished a goal, but what if you wanted to be a truly innovative, one of the fastest growing in your industry? That's mm -hmm. what we were trying to say, like, what's the next thing? And we're like, well, that's where there's this land grab going mm -hmm. on with, with audiences. So I, I think instead of looking at, okay, the, the product campaign, everything's a campaign, right? Oh, here's the product, here's the campaign, here's we're going to do it. We look more long-term, we say, Here's the audience and here's the industry. Okay, we're not, we know, I mean, look at a company like 3M, look at most companies. The majority of what they sell are products that they've launched in the last, you know, three years. Mm. It's not just about your product. You know, get the things like, uh, look at your mission statement. If you just have, this is what we sell and this is what we do. I think it's short-sighted. I think we should be focusing on what is the, the group of people or the person that we're really trying to talk to and what are we trying to do to change this industry? Mm. And from that, Oh, that opens up so many more opportunities for you to talk about the industry, for you to be an expert, for you to cover the industry like a journalist would. Mm. Okay. Then you got to get realistic. How do you actually create a process out of this? Mm. You have to hire journalists mm. and writers and producers and content creators and that's where the major that's where your marketing department is going. You've got a lot of, of course, a lot of data people, a lot of tech people, very important, but you also got a lot of storytellers. And that that's going to be the marketing function going forward. You can do ads anytime. Ads will, you know, but I think the ads ultimately will end up promoting your be promoting your content versus your audience. So instead of saying, oh, here is the ad and the ad goes to selling the product, what we're going to see is here's the ad, the ad goes to selling the content, mm -hmm. the content gets the audience. And then once they become an, audi an audience member of ours, a subscriber, then we sell them stuff. So it's just mm -hmm. adding that little bit of extra. And by doing that, you will keep that customer much, much longer than just making one sell. Ah, uh, 
Gotcha. And that's so interesting. Have you seen a big big shift in, in um, the marketing departments you're working with today that, you know, copywriters and journalists and, and uh, storytellers have have becoming populated in the, these departments? Have, have it happened or is it still out there to, it, to it has happened yeah it's happened with most of the companies we work with and and mm -hmm. just for reference probably over the last 10 years most of the companies i've worked with are large b2b enterprises now mm -hmm. where they've started lots of content marketing titles content marketing manager content marketing director mm -hmm. content strategist those are all people in the companies but generally what we've seen is it's a siloed group mm -hmm. content marketing gets pushed down as i won't say pushed down but it's a separate entity part of marketing and in some cases becomes almost like an agency within the marketing department where, oh, well, we need a blog here. We need a white paper here. Content marketing group, you create that. That's fine. That's not an optimal system. I think what you're going to start to see, what you've been seeing with a lot of the larger companies now that are taking off here, content marketing is just part of mark it's just such a critical part of marketing it's almost a men mentality or philosophy mm. is it says our go-to-market strategy is we want to be the dominant player in our industry not mm. just sell stuff and that's where everything you do has a story involved in it that means the founders they're telling a story everybody's using their their different channels in a different way to build audiences mm. and that's where i think you're going to see it happen um you you have a lot of uh, you have a lot of companies right now that their chief marketing officers are starting to look like they've got more experience on the media side mm -hmm. where they're hiring public people that used to be publishers and not say, so if I'm saying who's the perfect person to hire right now, I want a person that understands marketing and publishing. Uh, you give me that person. That's the one that I'm hiring tomorrow. And so I think that's what you'll see over the next few years is a lot of B2B tech companies are going to just infuse this type of audience building mentality in their current marketing departments. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, that's good news for, for uh, the newspaper people who have had a few rough years behind them. <laughs> well, all my, it's, it's yeah. great. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, I'm sure it's a little bit different in Europe, but in the States here, most of my friends, I've got a number of friends and colleagues that work in the newspaper, that worked mm. in the newspaper business, and now they work on the brand side. And they're, yeah. they're, they're working on the company blog. They're working on building out a microsite. They're working on a mini magazine. They're working on uh, covering certain beats. I mean, this is, it's, it's happening right now. It's been happening. And I don't think we've fully taken notice of how big a change in marketing we're seeing. Uh, and, mm. uh, but pandemics tend to do that. I mean, I think we've seen a lot of change here <laughs> over the last year just yeah. because we've we've had to be a little bit different and we've got people engaging in co content more and more that's an opportunity but also that's a lot of clutter to break through so we've got to be better with the content we send out exactly and uh, i suppose you you a little bit touched on it there but actually you wrote a book called corona marketing uh, and uh, especially focused in on the topics that are so so uh, present for everybody working in this environment that we're in right now. So what's, what's your key takeaways from that book? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, it's, it's interesting. I, I put this together, I think it was in May because I started getting so much, so many questions from marketers about, okay, this, the pandemic, the lockdowns going on, mm. we're all staying at home. My customers are acting differently. I can't go see my customers. Mm. What do I do? What are you seeing? 
And so I put together Corona Market. You can get it. It's free. Coronamarketingbook.com. And the the big issue that we're trying to teach, and this is you know also me coming out of the Great Recession in 2007, eight, and nine, we're seeing a lot of the same things happen. And really, the big picture is less is more. Mm. You, what you see now with a lot of companies doing wrong, Jacob, is they're just creating all this content and they're throwing it in every channel they could possibly think of. And it is just a waste of time. Yeah, it, 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 I would rather them not do anything because it is not helping them at all. So what we go in and what we're trying to preach here, which, which is the, the way that it's working is less is more. I'll give you an example with social media. Mm. So let's say you're a B2B company and you have, uh, you know, five Twitter accounts seven accounts on LinkedIn, you've got, uh, you're dabbling and trying to figure out uh, if you should be on TikTok or Twitch or whatever, right? Yeah. You've got all kinds of stuff. You've got, you know, if you go into a big tech company, they've got over a, well over a hundred social media accounts. What I would say is let's kill a lot of those. Let's get rid of a ton of those as much as you can and be focused on being great at one. So if you have, if you are focused on five social media channels as a B2B company, I would say, Use three of those as listening channels, customer service channels, and focus on one or two for regular content creation. Let's say that you're, you've done, you've got a virtual event series, a webinar series, a podcast, an e-newsletter, a blog. Let's say you're doing all those, which basically most B2B companies are doing all those, but they're doing them all mediocre. It's just okay. Hmm. What would be better off, especially in this environment, become great at one or two of those. And we call this, and we talk about this in the book about every company has only so much content energy. You have only so much energy you can put to delivering a valuable content experience, a valuable experience to your customer. And you can do that through content. So you have to do an audit, figure out what you're doing right and what you're not doing right. Like, mm. oh, is that e-newsletter even being opened by your customers? You can remember <laughs> why you created that email newsletter. And you start to kill off certain things and you'd say, well, instead of doing, by the way, the average B2B company has about 13 to 15 different content activities they do on a regular basis, which yeah. is great, but too many. Mm -hmm. Get that down to being amazing at two or three of those things and mm -hmm. focus on that. So what I would like, instead of doing all of them, have the best email newsletter in your industry to that target audience, have the best weekly podcast to your constituents and then don't worry about the other stuff mm. you might. And then use that energy that you stop doing those other things and put it into being great at one of those, you know, the podcast, the email newsletter. And this is a, this is a well-worn strategy. If you look at any media company that's ever been successful, that's how they've started. If you look, how did the financial times start? They had a fantastic newspaper. How did Ted talks make it? They had the best, in-person event series out there. How did Huffington Post make it? They had one really good blog. Mm. Everything is very, very <laughs> simple in media. Then once you build a minimum viable audience, then you can diversify. Mm. So what's happened on the brand side is we've diversified immediately. We're like, mm. oh, we could just slap this content everywhere. <laughs> well, that's wrong. You shouldn't do that. You should focus on being great at one or two of those things. Once you do that, establish yourself, then you can diversify. So that's, I talk about a lot of ways to do that because it's very hard if you've been doing the same thing as a B2B company for a long time in marketing. You're, it's very hard to say, oh, we're going to stop producing that. 
or going to move those resources. But I think now is a really good time to reallocate resources. Oh, that's awesome. So interesting. And uh, great tips and uh, insights you're delivering there. I know you're a busy guy, Joe. So I'm so grateful for having a, a time to chat with you here. But um, uh, I just want to know where, you know, for people who want to know more about you, your upcoming projects and, you know, your content, where can we find you these days? And, you know, where... Where do you hang out? Sure, yeah. Uh, so everything is on my website, joepolizzi.com, P-U-L-I-Z-Z-I.com. But the the easiest thing is I got a free that free piece of content, Corona Marketing. I put that out there as free because I want as many people to get this as possible. So that's coronamarketingbook.com. Download it for free. Share it with your friends. Um, I hope you get, if you use one or two of those tips in there, I think it'll make a big difference. And that's probably the best way to get started. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Joe, for joining us here today. It was an awesome uh, interview and uh, an honor to, to have you visiting our podcast. So thank you so much and good luck with your new ventures. The honor is all mine. Good luck yourself. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Lead Generation Strategies for B2B tech companies. Don't forget to subscribe. You will find it where podcasts live. Discover how we can help you with your lead generation activities at brightvision.com.